I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to Still Got Legs, a Doctor Who rewatch podcast brought to you by Another Happy Studios. Get your pencils and get ready to draw because this is Fear Her. Hello and welcome everyone again, I guess, uh, to Still Got Legs, the only other podcast in the world. My name's Nathan, that is Lawrence, this is where we talk all about Docky Who, and how are you? Oh, that was nice. <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. I'm even better after hearing that. Off the dome, mate, that intro was, would you reckon? You know what? You were just panicking about not having written one down, and I think that's the best one you've done yet. Well... Because you did, it came in nice for the theme, and then even after the theme, you still delivered that little rhyming one there. I am a professional, if there ever was one. <laughs> when does summer end? <sighs> well, we we did recently um, pass have the have the summer solstice, which is like the peak. It's like the midpoint, I believe. So we're we're in the decline. We're on the way out. It feels like it's just getting hotter. It does, and it probably will uh, as we move into like. I feel like August. this solstice is a lie. No, it's it's more to do with like the sunset and shit. Um, I don't care this... how bright it is. I care about how I humid do. and sweaty. Lawrence, it is. I do. It is not natural for it to be ten thirty p.m. in the evening and still be broad fucking daylight outside. I don't like it. It upsets me. You're I want like it to be winter. Your ideal habitat is, you know, them like lo-fi study, like beat backgrounds where it's like yes. moody, like a purple sky out back. I feel like that's what you want to live in. A hundred percent. My ideal place is like living somewhere in like in remote Alaska or Canada, just in like a cabin in the woods. No one around. So it's nice and quiet. It's nice and cold. I can light a fire, get cozy and that sort of stuff. There's no one to bother me. But it also has, for some reason, just amazing Wi-Fi as well. Yeah, just just inexplicable great <laughs> yeah, Wi-Fi. Just that's a absolute... double-edged sword, though, because that's you're saying goodbye to a lot of delivery services with that. Well, no, they also this this is my fantasy. They also have oh. 
<laughs> great delivery roofs. Is it? Is it all in the background? Is there always a constant blaring of beats that you can study and relax to at the same time? Well, no, that would get annoying. Yeah, you could this turn is it off. Doctor Who uh, podcast line. <laughs> is not... it? It doesn't sound like it. Well, that's what I'm saying. We need to. We need to get back on track here. I need to rein this bitch in. I do apologise to all our listeners. Um, Lawrence, fear her. Fear who? Fear her. Fear you. Fear her. Oh, who? Her. I figured I'd find a place for this joke to land, but yeah, I'm just not was, finding it. Sometimes you start a joke and you're just like, let's see where this goes. Spoiler alert, nowhere. I know, I'm just reeling them in. The punchline's yeah. yet to come, but I've got you all on the edge of your seats. Nathan, it is the 11th episode of season two. Does it feel like we just started season two? Lawrence, that's very interesting that you should say that because no, it doesn't. Um, and also, <laughs> this is written by Matthew Graham and directed by Euros Lin, a staple of Doctor Who directors, if there ever was one. Don't ask me whatever ones he's directed because I don't know. <laughs> but, but he's such but, a staple, Nathan. But Surely the name you know. looks familiar. Okay. <laughs> and I know he's done others. So shut up. What was it? Stephen? Do you say Stephen Graham? No, I said Matthew Graham. Matthew Graham. Matthew Graham. Throw that ham out, Nathan. It's gone off. If it's, gr- it's another one of them jokes, isn't it? Yeah. What sort of mood are you in this evening? You're, I, it's because I tell you, it's because you're drinking a prime. Oh, KSI's got to you. <laughs> you're drinking a prime energy, and it's gone to your head immediately. I enjoy a little sports drink. And we are, I didn't want to say this this early on, but we are the official podcast, the Doctor Who podcast of Prime. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, sorry. I should, actually, that doesn't make sense. Prime is the official drink of this podcast. <laughs> is it? Okay. We kept, that, we kept that sponsorship deal quiet. Yeah. How, where, legality on that? Like, where, could we get sued for saying that? Probably. Because they've got money. And I know no one's listening, but they, they've still got some money and I'm scared. Look. <laughs> I wouldn't worry too much considering any episode of um, Another Happy Pod that features Jake Gyllenhaal always ends with the 10-minute version of All Too Well, so I wouldn't worry too much. But now you've just pointed it out, now Logan Paul and KSI are going to tell Taylor Swift. No. We're going to get triple sued. (laughs) No, it's fine. It's, um, It's legally distinct. Somehow, it's slightly it's slightly up tempo. We sing along, which technically renders it karaoke. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a cover and transformative. Actually, that's the thing. If it's transformative and we sing along to it, sometimes there is one time where we just straight played the whole thing. <laughs> Why do you say this? Shut up. <laughs> anyway, I thought this was a Doctor Who podcast. I've been trying, Lawrence. I've been <laughs> trying. <laughs> Uh, yes, Fear Her, the um, 11th episode of Series 2. Is this, like, I might be wrong, has this got a general consensus of not being very good? I feel like people don't like this one. Um, I don't know, to be honest, I couldn't tell you. Maybe we should start asking people before we record these. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's just because it's coming after Love and Monsters. Yeah, it's it, it, oh, it's nowhere near <laughs> a, as offensive and atrocious as Love and Monsters is. It's <laughs> if anything, it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah. What 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 I like to think of this episode is it's the calm before the storm. It's okay. Yeah. It's something that's you know it's it's nice and breezy. It's not too bombastic and in your face. There's no big 
world ending well i mean kind of but there's no you know there's no there's no the stakes aren't fucking universe imploding and all this sort of stuff it's it's relatively yeah. low key for the most part um as as we gear up for next week but um yes very much the calm before the storm what what are your thoughts on fear her lawrence i so this is weirdly enough this i remember loving this one as a child so much like interesting Maybe it was because I too fashioned myself as a little drawer and a doodler myself. <laughs> Fancied yourself an artiste, did you? I did. You know when kids get it in their head that they like they figured out how to draw like one person's head, and they're like, "I will draw yeah. this head everywhere." Yeah, hundred percent. And it's just the same face over yeah. and over and over. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you're like, maybe I'll give him a body this time, and it's fucked. And you're like, I'll never do that again. I've learned my lesson. <laughs> just the head. Um, no, but I, I was very much like in that um, vein. Uh, so I really like this. I figured out, and I think this episode is one of the reasons I love Russell's era so much. And it's because this, maybe, I, I can't speak for like a lot of the later seasons, but certainly in the stuff I've seen, there seems to be less of a focus on weird gimmicky shit. And this episode... What do you mean? What do you mean? I mean, like, aliens will arrive, yeah, and often they'll be like, I've got a universe bomb that will blow up the universe with the universe bomb. And that is far less interesting to me than, like, the kids are missing. Why are they missing? Because a girl has drawing powers or something, and the girl draws them and they disappear. It's a gimmick, isn't it? I disagree with that. What, that they have it later on? Yeah, the, that it doesn't appear as much later on. I, would, I'd, I'd disagree with that. I'm, like I say, I, I can't speak to all of it. When we go along, I'm happy <laughs> to be proven wrong, but for the time being, I'm right and you're wrong. Well, no, you think you're right, and <laughs> you have a terrible memory. But <laughs> I like. What do you like it? How are you on it? Um, do I like it? That is a good question. Oh my god, I he's don't... doing the L Fortnite dance. He hates it. <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't dislike it, but again, it's it's very just. There it is, isn't it? It's yeah. it's very just. Um, it it's not one that you come away from being like. Whoa, banger. Don't get me wrong, there's some interesting stuff explored in it. Yeah. Um, there's some good moments, some great character moments, some good comedy uh, throughout. It's a fun way to spend 45 minutes, but, you know, it's it's not something that leaves me like, oh, yeah. bloody love Doctor Who, you know? It's it's just, oh, wasn't that nice? I feel like overall, and like... Very probably... inoffensive and just... Yeah, yeah it's easy yeah. watching. Yeah. Um I feel like overall like there have been less we said a load loads of it in season 1. The amount of times we'd watch an episode and we'd be like I just want to watch the next one rather than wait for the next week for us to record. I yeah. haven't had that so much in season 2 this so far. I did with uh the the impossible planet the Ud one. Yeah. Um I, I actually had it with this one, but only because of the ending in the next time trailer. <laughs> the next time trailer is such a vibe change. It's so good. I'm like, oh, fuck, I want to watch that now. It, it's like the, the credits stop rolling, and then instead of like the like some normal song in Doctor Who, you get the... Dun, yeah. Dun, and Rose is like, this is the day I die, and you're like, hang on, what? Oh, bloody hell. I tell you, I remember specifically watching that as a kid. And I didn't know that Rose was leaving the show. I hadn't, because I didn't keep up with the news or anything. I hadn't, like, 
yeah. sort out the BBC press release that this was Billy Piper's <laughs> last season or whatever. So I had no idea. But then that trailer came on and it's like, this is the story of how I died. I was like, what? <laughs> like, my entire mind was blown. I, I love the idea of you as a kid ignoring all the so blatantly clear moments of foreshadowing throughout season two oh, that I've, Rose I'm is dead. Like, of course, yeah. I was like, oh, I wonder what that means. Oh, well, yeah. this is fun. I guess I'll never find out. <laughs> um, I think the reason you're a bit not sold 100% on this episode is because it takes some rather unnecessarily mean shots at your favourite musical artist, Shane Ward. Come on. <laughs> Does it... I, if anything, I think it's generous to Shane Ward. Really? I, I made some notes on his career. It's extremely generous to Shane Ward. Exactly. So Shane Ward, for those who are unfamiliar, he, did he win X Factor or was he on X Factor? Would you like my rundown? Go on, give it All to right. me. So Shane Ward is the winner of a show called The X Factor. That's Everyone knows Brit- The X Factor. Right? Huh? Everyone knows The X Factor. Okay, so he was the winner of the second season of X Factor. That was in 2005. Um, he released a good... You know everyone gets the winner's single. Yes. That went Christmas pretty massive one. for Shane Ward, our, our boy. Yeah. Um, so massive that at the time that a man called Jason Orange was leaving Take That... He was oh, okay. he was considered by Gary Barlow himself as the replacement band member. Oh well. Anyway, that didn't happen. Would take that back up and running in two thousand five? I have no idea, but because I, I, I know because take that. I think they split up in ninety six, ninety seven. I want to say, mm. and then I think it wasn't until. Oh, or maybe it was 2005. It was around that time, 2005, 2006, possibly they got back together. Minus Robbie, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah I know that they, they. I know that they had an album called Brother at some point because one of their bandmates died. Oh, did they? Yeah, they they released a really sad album called Brother. Or I think it might have just been the same album, but it was dedicated to him, and now it had a new cover. Well, there you go. You heard it here first. Yeah. Anyway, maybe take you want that to take news. that is dead. <laughs> uh, but look, either way. So what I wanted to do, this episode is set in the not-too-distant future of 2012. My favourite thing. (laughs) I fucking love it. One of my favourite things ever is when we have an episode of Doctor Who, which at the time was set in the future and is now set in the past. A rare occurrence, especially in in modern Who, because we only have so far to work with. Um, (laughs) Nathan's watching Back to the Future. He's bricked up. He is loving it. And in the, uh, surprisingly enough, in the, I believe up to this point, two instances it has occurred, same year. Exact same year, both times for some reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dalek, of course, from season one, same yeah. 2012. Uh, and now this, which is uh, set in the backdrop of the London 2012 Olympics. So is it is it safe? To, I mean, there's obviously 12 months it could have happened, <clears> but is it safe to assume that the ninth doctor is somewhere strutting about in Utah? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Very safe. Very, Very safe. interesting stuff. Do you know, I, I was going to save this little gem until we got to the episode. but uh, That's right, uh, most, uh, most of my notes are on Shane Ward anyway. <laughs> Officially, in canon, um, I believe there are three separate versions of the Doctor uh, running around Pompeii on Volcano Day. So, um, so that's... Really? Yeah, yeah. So there's obviously ten... There's ten. Uh, I think it's the seventh Doctor. There's a story in Pompeii. Right. Um, 
And then there's someone else who I can't remember. But yeah, there's three Me. official canon. Yeah, you. There's three canon versions running around Pompeii. Fuck, and then there's wild. Jack as well, apparently. So. Oh, I knew about Jack, yeah. Yeah, so that's Jack's fun. going around. Well, anyway, look- Shane Ward, yes, I was saying, I, th- I think it is a little bit generous mm-hmm. to him because as soon as I saw that Greatest Hits album uh, poster <laughs> for, for Shane Ward, I was like, that implies that he's had like more than one album. <laughs> and, um, more than one hit. More than one hit, yeah, <laughs> really. And... Uh, Oh, I don't think he ever got there. I don't think he ever did that. So, I obviously, this is all info from, like, 2005. He just won the X Factor. This was, like, big source. So they mm. obviously were throwing ahead a little bit, trying to predict. A little prediction, yeah. which is always admirable, because it has this chance to end horrendously. <laughs> like, it's pretty cute, yeah. It is cute. So I looked up mm. what Shane Ward was actually doing in 2012. Okay. Uh, he was, was he in a musical? Yeah, it, look, he weren't doing bad. He's doing better than we're currently both doing. Oh, I don't know about that. No, well, he's not... You see the numbers on another happy pod recently? He's blowing up. That's true, he is blowing up. <laughs> Sorry, Shane Ward. Get in while you can. <laughs> well, you can guest on the pod if you want. We can lift you a little bit if you <laughs> need to. No, Shane Ward in 2012 uh, was performing in a West End production of Rock of Ages. Oh, uh, yes, yes, of course. Which is good. And he'd also just signed on... Oh, no, sorry, I believe this is in 2014... Um, he just signed on for a year's run of EastEnders episodes. Oh, I can give you a little bit of gossip about Shane Ward and Run of Ages. <laughs> Welcome to the Shane Ward podcast. <laughs> Shane Ward and Rock of Ages. Sorry, I can give you a little yeah. bit of gossip about this. Please. Um, I was in college at the, at the time, 2012. Um, my college tutor is someone who has quite a lot of industry connections, like knows like quite a lot of people working in the industry and stuff, a lot of which are like theatre directors and, and stuff. A lot yeah. of her mates are theatre directors. One of them was the director for Rock of Ages. Ah. Um, and she told uh, a few of us just a funny little story uh, that at one point during rehearsals, Shane Ward uh, went up to the director and, uh, I should say, allegedly, <laughs> just in case, but allegedly asked, so when do we record the music to, to like, play during the shows. Oh, no. Yeah. You're joking. He thought, no, he thought it was going to be, like, recorded professionally, and then they'd just lip sync every night. Um, and then the director had to tell him, no, this is a professional show. We sing live every single night. Oh, my God. Yeah. How would you... But that's just... I know that. What do you mean? Like, everyone knows that, like, a West End show gets sung. Like, you don't... Anyone with a brain, I think. Oh, shots at Shane Ward. (laughs) Hang on. We both collectively know far too much about Shane Ward. We do, (laughs) surprisingly. (laughs) We've spent more time on this episode on Shane Ward than... uh, (laughs) Than Shane Ward has done in his career. (laughs) Yes. Should we we move on from Shane Ward? We should, we should. Uh, The Olympics... London 2012. Do you remember it well? You must have been a, a young boy at the time. What was I? So we started, I, I was 18 in 2015. This is how my maths works. Uh, so go backwards <laughs> three years. So you 15, you'd have been. Yeah, I was 15. Uh, you would have been such a little shit at 15. No, I was cool, man. Yeah. Leather jackets. <laughs> pop collars. Shit. You'd have been terrorising the neighbourhood. <laughs> So you you won't have known this because you weren't in London at that point. No, I wasn't. No. Imagine the coronation. <clears throat> yes. For a year. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Fucking insufferable. To be fair, it was it was it was the same with the rest of the country. It was very honestly. This sounds weird to say because I'm not patriotic at all. But like 2012 UK was peak UK. It was so nice and friendly, and everyone was just so happy that we had the Olympics and that we yeah. were representing like the world, I guess. And there was there was no racism. There was, but like not on the <laughs> fucking scale that it fight. is today. There was no fucking hatred of everyone. It was all just all of us being proud to be British and being proud to have the Olympics. It was fucking great, mate. I loved it. Um, soon went to shit after well, it. Everything went to shit. It's funny you say that because I literally have a note that says... So it, the episode opens with an old woman chewing her neighbours inside. She's like, get the kids out the street. It, it yeah. likes it when they're playing. And I've I've put a note down that says... This is back in the day when people used to be endeared to the ramblings of old people in the street. And they used to go, oh, come on, you know, Beryl, let's get you back inside. Do you want, do you want to pop in for a cup of tea? Now, when old people yell in the street, it's normally just racism or yeah. something horrendous. <laughs> and everyone just keeps their head down and moves on. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, fuck, here comes Beryl. Oh, fuck. Here comes Beryl with her racist antics again. Yeah. So, so I mean, look, maybe this is a little time capsule of... <clears throat> fucking primo britain <laughs> i i'm not saying that i do think there are some moments of you know potential racism which do appear in this episode um i think the fact that you've put potential is it's is ambitious <laughs> okay there's well, some outright blatant racism <laughs> well i do i do want to jump the gun and, our first but... episode the man taking out his bin was racist <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Well, we call it out when that. we see it. No, you? no you called it out. <laughs> well, I don't like to stay silent on these issues. <laughs> I'm the problem. <laughs> yeah, unlike you. Uh, yes, and I'm not going to so, apologise for being too... Great, Laurie, shut up. <laughs> um, so, the, yes, it's the Olympics. Uh, Rose and the Doctor, they land on some very ordinary, very middle-class street, um, ready to... Watch the Olympics. Why they landed on a normal street if they're going to watch the Olympics, I do not know. Um, but, <laughs> no, this but, happens to be the one suburban estate that the Olympic torch will run through or something. No, it runs through every street. Every street? Yeah, that's the whole thing about it. In London? Not, in the country. It runs through every street in the country. Do you not know the whole thing about the Olympic torch? It's the tradition. Like, what, whichever country is hosting... The Olympics, the uh, the torch is carried up and down the country through every street, so everyone gets a chance to to see it and join in the celebrations and stuff. I never fucking did. You see it? Uh, I think I did. I didn't fucking get to see it. No one told me this. You? How did you not? You lived in London. How did you not get to see it? What? This is what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. Is that? That's a thing? That's a real thing? I'm pretty sure that's a thing. We're 27 minutes in. I think it's about time that we... <laughs> the TARDIS lands. Yeah, probably. Well, we talked <laughs> about that. We talked about Shane Ward. We'd, oh, yeah, we talked about Shane Ward. Yeah. Funniest TARDIS land. <sighs> yeah, pretty funny. Good good little comedy beat. Yeah. Sandwiched in between two little containers and has to move it about. Yeah, he's like, oh, perfect yeah. land. I'll tell you what. In this episode, we actually get a... What I enjoy about this is they actually go back to the TARDIS in this episode. It's not just a, yeah. now we're here, cheers TARDIS, see you later. Yeah. Um, and let's do the rest of the episode outside of it. They actually go back, examine some stuff. 
use it as a little base of operations. I enjoy that. Do that more often, Doctor Who. Yeah. Use the TARDIS. It's it's also it's like that's a good deduction scene. They work it out from some pretty cool plot beats. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, I, I like that. I like it. We have have, you know, got into some conflict before about the tenth doctor's outfits. Oh, we go. Would we like to meet a nice neutral middle? Yeah. With a brown suit and a blue shirt opened buttons. Look, I'll say this. I've I've never I was gonna say I've never minded the brown suit, but it's not nice. The brown um, no, you can't no, I get your brown and brown combo, but the brown suit on its own is lovely. It's no it's, brown is just such a ugly colour though. Bra- <laughs> for a suit, brown, it's not nice. It's like a blue is a good colour for a suit. Blue is like oh he's smart, he's in blue, he's got a nice blue suit on. Not that if blue. someone turned up to your wedding in a brown suit. I think that happened. Who? I think Will Carter showed up in a brown suit and a nice red tie and it looked lovely. Oh, he did, to be fair. He did He did actually look quite good. Shout out Will Carter. Drip father father of the Bride awarded him best dressed. Drip King. Why was I awarded best dressed? I was dripping. I was, it was my wedding day. I was pretty dripping myself. I was fucking sweating. That's what I was. I was dripping. That's, that's why I was dripping too. <laughs> um... <laughs> No, um, to be fair, yeah, Will actually did look quite good. Okay, I'll take that back. Um, but yeah, brown, in, for the most part, it's, it's not a nice colour, uh, especially for a suit, fair in enough. my personal opinion. Um, blue is just, it, the blue suit is just so much nicer. I don't like, I like blue suits, I don't like that blue suit. It's too bright. It's not even bright. It's bright enough. Oh, we'll get to there in like three episodes time. All right. Yeah, fuck, so we will ex- actually. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, God. The dawn of the blue suit. Yuck. Um, the Doctor has noted that it's quite cold. There are some moments of the street that feel cold. And he says something that I think is quite interesting, mm-hmm. which is, it's cold. Is someone reducing the temperature? Who would be doing that? Is <laughs> what I want to know. Yeah, and, and and how? Some sort of alien life, I guess. That's not totally out of the question for Doctor Who, is it? No, I guess not, but it just, I don't know, it just, it, it felt so casual. Like, it wasn't like, could someone be raising the temperature somehow? That was me acting. It yeah, was more was like, great. yeah, thank you. Um, it was more just like, oh, it's cold. Is someone raising the temperature? Reducing. Redu- Look, my point is it was a point and I've made it now, so let's move on. It was a great point to make, yeah. Thank you. Well done. Do Racism. Well, well, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> I was doing it like the Star Wars crew. I was introducing no, no, no. it. War! So, uh, the the actual premise and the whole thing that's going on. So, the kids are disappearing uh, because there's some little alien flower, I guess, uh, yeah. which has inhabited the body of a young girl. Um, and they want friends to to play with so they draw the friends and then they get snatched from real life and are in some make-believe drawing world or something yeah yeah seems like they're still like they're still conscious because the drawings move around and shit. yes yeah they have some level of conscious interesting premise interesting in that uh that way doctor who is that weird doctor who way where it takes like a normal childhood thing and turns it into something that can be quite sinister. Yeah. Which Doctor Who always does quite well, I think. Yeah. Um, so that's quite enjoyable. I think it's also like when it involves children, there is just an inherent creepiness to it. Like the gas mask kid. 
Yeah. Like it's it, there is just a level of 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 creepy to it. I I think oh, the way 100%. that the drawings um the way that the drawings are done, they feel very childlike, but they're also they look a bit unnatural and they're a bit creepy. Yeah. Yeah. It's that childlike drawing of um it's it's a bit shit because it's been drawn by a kid, but yeah. it's also just like also, it, it's the uncanny valleyness of it. It's like yeah. almost there, but not quite. So it's just a little unsettling. Yeah, especially really. when you see like fairly decent animation work in this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like some of the best special effects up until this point in Doctor Who. I think in this. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe that's because they were literally like, we can just animate this. It doesn't <laughs> yeah, have to look real. <laughs> it's a drawing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, you got like the squiggle monster. Like that's pretty well done. Uh yeah, it was it was a bit like um there was like a kind of like a weird there was kind of like a weird blur effect over the camera. Um, yeah, and and I did notice the doctor runs in and is like the budget and then quickly points his <laughs> screwdriver at it and makes it go away. Yeah, it, it was a quick zap and done sort yeah. of thing. <laughs> but whatever. That's fine. That's fine. Um what else? What else? Yes. So these children are being stolen. Everyone's freaked out and upset. Um, no one really knows what's going on. Um, Kel's just trying to do some tarmacking for the council. Bless him. He's trying to lay down some tarmac. I forgot um, that that was this episode. And when I saw him and he was like, look at that lovely. And I was like, yes. What a hero Kel is. <laughs> He's just uh, proud of his work. He's just trying to do a good job for him. And again, this picks up from uh, from last week. My note about the uh, the singular London Council for for all of London. It has changed a little bit now. It's East London Council, so that implies we've got four different councils over London. Which look is better than one. We could have, we could enough. have eight. How, how, oh, okay. It, like North, like yeah. Look, the point yeah. is, there's a fuckload more than eight. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's a lot. There's like a hundred um, of the bastards. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, it, it's, sure, East London Council, why not? East yeah. London's fucking massive, but you know, why not? And, and it only employs this one man. <laughs> yeah, to tarmac all of East London. He's like, and he's and it takes him so long because he keeps spending too long on the roads. He's like, look, it's a lovely bit of craftsmanship. <laughs> I. Uh, love how proud he is of his job. Like I just so love good, yeah. how much pride he takes in doing it. He's just there in the street. Just someone's walking by and he's like, "Look at that! <laughs> you can eat your dinner off." He's, he's so wholesome and sweet, man. And then, like the car pulls up, it stops working near him, and he's like, oh, "All right, I'll give you a hand, mate, but check this shit out." <laughs> he's a great. We we have a weird of the week. We don't have like. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay. Just all around sweet guy of the week, but if we did, he'd win mine for this week. I still think he's there's like this isn't throwing my card away too quickly, but I still think he's a he's a pleasant weirdo. Uh, he's a nice weirdo though. He's like, he's but that's not that's a... the beauty of weirdo. Just because they've been inundated with sex criminals up until this point, <laughs> for mostly by you. <laughs> <laughs> there are there are still pleasant weird. Clive was a pleasant weirdo. Clive was a pleasant weirdo. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I just, I still don't think he's enough of a weirdo for for that. Um, but hey, that's just me. Um, but 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 all right. Yes. So there is some potential uh, racism or fully fledged racism that goes on. So there's kind of a scene where they're all like the parents come out and they're all trying to figure out what's going on. They're angry at the doctor for poking his nose in it and all this sort of stuff. He gets himself into a a fuss and everything. Um, and then some allegations get thrown around Lawrence. They do. So there's, it's, I can't remember the exact phrasing. It's something along the lines of like, ever since the likes of you or like. Yeah. yeah. There's just like one really horrible woman who just like really just starts going off at Kel. Yeah. The one black guy in the the whole group. And, and like, I don't, I don't know if this was intentional or if this was what they intended. Probably not. But just, like, some of the language choices and the fact that he's the only black guy there, it's all just very unsettling. Really. It, it, it feels... He feels in the scene like he's being very much ostracized, like to the side. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. And this is a very like white neighborhood. Like I know, like Trish and, and Chloe, they're not like a, a white family and stuff, but it's still like quite a, a white middle class, yeah, uh, sort of street and stuff. So I think I think there's like I don't want to say this because I feel like this is <laughs> I don't know if the episode is going there, but like the only like. Like an abusive father in the only black family in the neighborhood, like yeah, it feels a bit. There are point point parts of this episode feel a bit pointed, is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, and like that that scene, like where they are, like uh, where where that woman is, like confronting Cal, and um, it's it kind of taps into something that Doctor Who does quite well. Is you know I mentioned a few weeks ago where like. Um, the Doctor has these moments where he's so impressed with humanity and he just loves, like, the simplicity of it and the fact that they just want to, like, live their lives and explore and all this sort of stuff. And he has moments where he just genuinely loves human beings. But then there's, like, other moments where, like, human beings kind of show their true hands and we see, like, the real ugly side yeah. of what humans can do. Um, we don't really get any kind of reaction from the Doctor from it in this episode. But, you know, there's moments in, like... Episodes like a great example is fucking um, uh, midnight. Is it midnight where we get some just great fucking oh. the ugly side of humanity and yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, and and I think it is touched upon very very uh, quite well, not so subtly, but just a little bit touched upon here. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah, there's, there's very much just a Doctor. You're, you're right, Doctor Who is good at those moments where when shit hits the fan, what kind of a person are you really? Yeah, yeah. Like, when you're not... 
because like I like uh, it, not to not to get too deep on this silly little Doctor Who podcast, <laughs> but like I can't remember the, the exact phrasing of the saying or who said it, but there is a saying like you don't know someone until like you could possibly stop knowing them in the sense that like if if you're in a life or death scenario, you you won't know someone until you see them in that scenario. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is pretty crazy, and I do like that 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 is kind of commonly explored because things aren't black and white. There is you know you can't always just walk around going like the humans are so good because <laughs> a lot of us aren't <laughs> yeah it's very true yeah and I, I think there is a part of the episode that kind of touches on that with rose and the doctor a tiny weeny bit as well what um, do you mean? i mean so oh, naturally this is not rose showing true colors or whatever but yeah so we, we spoke about in the um couple of episodes back rose got the chance to be the doctor up aboard the ship yeah. Um, while he was down uh, having a square up with the devil. Um, and she got to really embrace the role. She was even like delivering lines like Tenant Woods. Um, and she very much jumped into that role. And in this episode, the Doctor is coming at it from a point of empathy. This, you know, the, the Isolus, the flower thing. It mm. doesn't understand that what it's doing is not, you know, like it's love, but it's love by force. It's love by show of force, and it's it's enforcing a presence on someone because you're lonely is not yeah true companionship. And there is an element of Rose where she the one of the last things she says to the Doctor before Chloe draws him and the Doctor disappears from the story until the end is a nice moment of conflict where the Rose doc, the Doctor's like have a bit of empathy and the Rose is like it's kidnapping kids. Yeah, like I don't have a lot of empathy for it, and she's banging on the door, and she's like, "Let me in." Yeah, she and... even grabs fucking Chloe at one point. And she yeah. like she goes really, she snaps and just fully grabs Chloe, and is like, "Fucking bring him back now!" But then she like realizes yeah. she's gone too far and stuff, and trying to like backs out of it and stuff. And she, um, well, she she goes outside and she attempts to use her brain and solve it. Yeah. in a way that is in a way that the doctor would. Yeah, exactly. And I just think yeah. like it's interesting you say that they do explore that because I think this is one of Rose's strongest season two episodes for me. Yeah, yeah. It's quite good. What I did particularly enjoy is like during that scene again where all the parents like confronting Kel and, and the doctor and stuff, um, there's a moment where Rose is just silently observing everyone and just mm. like kinda like taking everyone's mannerisms in, trying to like figure out what's going on. She is the one who notices chloe and then the way trish reacts to chloe and that sort of stuff and it's interesting she's like really really like picked up like a lot of stuff traveling around so. I, I think a lot of the time the doctor is so focused on details and big picture yeah and rose is really good at those little investigative uh, yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent and there's a funny moment where he's like um uh, rose is like oh maybe it's the girl and the doctor's like of course Wait, what girl? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just hasn't got a fucking clue. But he's so used to going with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that. I've I've put down the only. I understand that Trish is like, it's 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 a matter of hours until these people start clocking. Yeah, but I like that she's managed to get away with it for so long, because yeah. her child is the only child that hasn't been kidnapped. It's she. Um, it's that whole thing of just like basically pretending the problem isn't there. Yeah. Burying your head in your sands, hoping it goes away, and it's not. It's only getting worse and worse. You've and turned worse. my silly point into a good point. <laughs> <laughs> We've done but it. It's true. It's true. And it's it's like she. There's a whole thing about her like 
I, I feel like her whole character is just essentially burying her head in the sand. She just doesn't want to admit the problems there. Like we find out that they, yeah, Chloe's dad was potentially abusive. Well, not potentially. I mean, it's pretty much outright stated that he yeah. was abusive. Um, and you know, she never talked to Chloe about it. She didn't want to talk about it, so they just didn't. And yeah. then Chloe's just like, "What the fuck?" Like, <laughs> it's it's very much implied that she is like deeply regretful of her like of her brushing off of it like yeah and and i i do like that there's elements of trish's character where like the doctor is there to help and she can see that but the yeah. doctor gets too intense and she's like get out of my fucking house yeah like you don't I, I, raise your voice around her i do like the moment where he's just in the kitchen and he just grabs like the peanut butter or the jam or whatever <laughs> he just like sticks his fingers in it and rose is like what the fuck are you doing no don't do that <laughs> Tennant is so good at like those little alien moments that remind yeah. you this guy's a fucking nutcase. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, Tennant hair for the first time is, mm. is he's experimenting with back combing in his own words. When I... Rose started to compliment a cat, he was like, "Oh, thank you. I am a pretty boy." <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, I I like it. Nice mm. hair. Yeah, I prefer it flat. I I still do. It's it. I think it goes out too far on his head. It's long. Yeah, it's and, very long. And Tennant is a man that is blessed with good looks, and good hair, and good hair. But we all know it's going back a bit. Okay. Well, no. You can only have spiky hair with a receding hairline for so many years. Yeah, is my point. And I think in the sixtieth, we're going to see that in a big way. Yeah, because yeah, time has passed, so and David Tennant, although being still an incredibly handsome man, yeah, is aging gracefully, but aging nonetheless. He's um, not thirty anymore, or whatever. No, how old was he in Doctor Who? Fifty-two. He is currently okay. Fifty-two, and this was uh, seventeen years ago. Um, and I'm good at math, so I'm not on my calculator right now typing 52 minus 17. And I can let you know it's 35. Well, that's so good that you did all that in your head. Yep. He looks... He's a good 35. He is. Yeah. Yeah. He is. A good 35. Not many men are fitting in that suit at 35. Do you reckon I can fit in? Give me five years and see what we can <laughs> We're best friends, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Time for a few home trips. <laughs> well, I raise you the question: Am I getting in that suit? No, you're not. No. Neither of us are, and we can accept that. We can. We're, we're comfortable. We're enough. not in line with the Doctor. We're not playing him next. Like no, it's true. It's um, true. We said about it earlier. I think there's a great natural deduction of working out the problem. Like yeah. when they go to the TARDIS, the Scribble Monster. He get it gets scanned in the TARDIS. The Doctor's like, "This is nuts. This is graphite. This is a pencil." Yeah. How the fuck? And then Rose is like, why this, though? Why would you draw this? And then she's like, well, as a child, you'd squiggle something out. And then they're like, well, there's only one fucking child on this road. And then they go into a room. Lo and behold, bare pencils. <clears throat> bare pencils, man. She is fucking... She's got half the Amazon rainforest in there. <laughs> in both paper and the wood from the pencils. Man. Exactly. She's got an <laughs> ecosystem in there. Exactly. And when she runs out of space, she's got the wool. It's true, yeah. And yeah. Fairly nice. She got the fucking cupboard. So, <laughs> yeah, fucking nuts. Um, no, I like it. Um, I well, this it gets resolved 
pretty speedily because the doctor yeah. gets teleported away. Yeah, doctor gets taken. Um, Rose figures out that they need the little spaceship or whatever, yeah. and it needs heat. Do you mean um, the singular oids that they put in the, in yeah. the council road? <laughs> Oh, do you remember the sound of oids used to go through me? Let's do our best impressions of an oids. You go first. Alright. <laughs> I've betrayed you. I won't be doing an impression. No! <laughs> Come on, I need it. Alright, alright, ready? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's. Oh, well, they're not good. I, I used to like annoyeds. You never threw annoyeds about? No, yeah, I have, but it was always that annoying kid who, probably you, um, <laughs> would just have like two of them and would just constantly throw them in the air and just. Well, you need two of them for a start. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> I don't like. I've always been a grumpy old man, even when I was a kid. I was like, stop it. Yeah, stop that bastard noise. I'm trying to read here. Did you ever throw them in the air and like your hand eye coordination was scuffed and they both just dropped to the ground in. in in a sad way. I'll be honest, I never had a pair of my own. I always, it was always like some You talk about my all. childhood being miserable. You never had oids? I never wanted oids. Oh, you're better than I oids, knew yeah. of them. But again, I'm, I was, I've been a grumpy old man <laughs> since I was like seven. So. I'm picturing you pushing up your reading glass and you're like, I've heard of oids. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Not for me. I yeah, don't I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I shuffle my newspaper. The, the brandishing of the paper, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to my Sunday columns. Anyway, back to the daily section. Let's <laughs> see what's going on. Um, the Doctor is so clever and so powerful that he's drawn himself an Olympic torch. <laughs> he did, yeah. I don't know how he managed to do that. Um, but it's pretty fun. Maybe he had like some... Let's be honest, right? He scanned the graphite earlier, which means the sonic yeah. screwdriver will now contain pieces of graphite, which he's used the pen setting on and done it that way. Sure, sure. If David Tennant said that, like, when he came back, like, if Fro said, how did you draw that thing? And then he just said some variation of that, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah that's not? fine. Yeah, That's bullshit enough for me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically... So- the uh, the Olympics are on. It's the opening ceremony. The crowd gets taken. Um, there's some very good um, uh, voice acting from uh, Hugh Edwards, news reporter. <laughs> They've gone. Oh no! They've all Everyone's disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Look, Hugh Edwards, you're a fantastic journalist. Okay, <laughs> you've done. You've hit. You've uh, been on the scene for some groundbreaking stories over the years, but. I don't, I don't know. If An entire stadium of people <laughs> gone, vanished. Yeah. Look, look, it's not his regular job, all right? He's no, that's fine. fair. He's fine. I respect the um, commitment to realism in the silly space time travel show. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Um, yeah, everyone gets taken, and then they come back. So the day is saved, I guess. The day is certainly and saved. And then the doctor lights the Olympic torch. I remember watching the 2012. Um, Olympic Games, and there was like memes at the time, being like, "Oh, David Tennant should light the light the flame because it would be fun or whatever." That'd be good. Um, and it would, but I just remember watching the opening ceremony, think, "Oh, they got so much wrong." Like, this oh, the really? whole <laughs> well, of course they did. It was it was made like seven years earlier. Um, the stadium hadn't been built yet, so I think it was just some random stadium in London that they used. Yeah, um, I think I think it was. Was it? They obviously didn't fill it, so was it just? No, 
It was just I don't was know it a helicopter it shot? I can't remember. It was just it was just they probably just took footage from like an England game somewhere. Yeah, and then just like cut around it or whatever. Um, but 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 yeah, that's wrong. The like the the flame. I remember specifically with the lighting of the flame in the show. It's it's obviously just David Tennant running up the steps, and then he lights the little thing, and then that's it. On the actual um, in the actual Olympics, the opening ceremony. It's this weird contraption which, like, looks almost like a spider. It's got, like, fucking, like, lots of, like, pointy torches and shit. It's, it's quite weird. And it took, like, 15 people to light it. <laughs> all with, like, Olympic torches, and they all have to light it at the same time and stuff, so... Did those two stupid yeah. mascots help with anything? What mascots? Remember there was those weird, like, it made a 2012 if you put them next to each other. But they both had faces, and they were like the mascots of the London Olympics. I don't think they did, because that would probably have been a fire hazard. Probably. Um, but, yeah. No, it was just, like, athletes, I think, or, like, representatives or something. Fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do remember watching the opening ceremony, though, and having a great time. It was uh, directed by Danny Boyle, I believe. A bizarre moment in history, though. Yeah. Yeah. Very bizarre. Very good, though. Very yeah. entertaining, and, like... Again, one of those moments, like those rare moments where it does make you be proud um, to to be British. Again, there's there's probably been like about three moments in my entire life where I've been proud to be British. <laughs> three? That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have a match, let me tell you. Um, and so, not yeah. not in the last 10 years, so... No, no. Well, no. <laughs> one of them was quite recently. It was when, you may remember, Americans discovered British Chinese food. And they were... Oh, God, yeah. All, um, and then all of them were like, oh, this is disgusting. And then everyone in the UK, and even Ireland, somehow they united. Somehow they united UK and Ireland. And we were like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is great, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, I remember that was a that was a thing for too long. Too many people were talking about Chinese food. Yeah. Yeah. What's your Chinese order? Why are we doing this? I just want to know. I just want to know. <laughs> just give me give me the quick rundown. What's your, I, what are your two essentials? Uh, my two essentials are a chicken chow mein yeah. and sweet and sour chicken balls. Nice. I used to On be the sides. Uh, I used to be chicken balls. Now I go for I go for a nice uh, duck chow mein. Okay, yeah. I've really been enjoying that one. Yeah. Anyway, um, there, anyway. the doctor, yeah, has been a dad. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a drop in it. A bit of a mic drop. Has he not said that up until this point? I don't believe so. I think he said his family and stuff like that, but he's never yeah. outright said like I was a dad. And then just very quickly brushes it off, just very well, just ignores it really. Yeah. Until he yeah. until he meets his wife in the later season. Oh no, he talks about it before then. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I do enjoy those little snippets that we get throughout here. Just little, little has it has it ever hits. been brought back up? His I know, family? Yeah, I know because they did oh, a lot yeah. of Gallifrey stuff with Capaldi, right? Yeah, yeah, it was brought up quite a lot. What, but like him being a specific dad? Oh, I don't think he ever talks about like his children or anything. But Fair. he's he's talked about his family and stuff. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah. I so obviously there was Shane Ward. I did some of my own research again <clears throat> okay. a bit later on. Yeah, because we got another prediction in this episode. Oh, okay. and that was that Papua New Guinea were, you know, undertook a surprising feat in this Olympics. Yeah, 
Now, I, the doctor doesn't predict anything. He says, wait and see. But it's very much implied that they had a successful run at the Olympics. I feel like it was more implied as a joke, really. But Well, I didn't hear that because I'm, <laughs> I've got research on it. So <laughs> Okay. Well, maybe I missed the point. Maybe I didn't. The point is, though, that <laughs> I, I went to Wikipedia. So the point's been said regardless. All right. From I'm, what I remember about the um, the 2012, because I, I remember for some reason I got really into the Olympics in 2012 and I like watched a lot of it. Like yeah. I watched all the events and stuff. Um, and from what I remember about the medal table, I believe China was number one, and then it would have been US, and then it would have been UK. I believe. Uh, probably that, our team team GB. Yeah. What I do know is that Papua New Guinea were not credited with any singular medals. Oh, no. So that's something. The, the Olympics are ruined for me because I was working in a pub when, like, there was some recent... What were the ones a couple of years back? Where were they? Well, Tokyo was the most recent, which was 20... Uh, it, it was the 2020 Olympics, but we had it in 21 for obvious reasons. That would be... I was working in a pub then. And I'm just... I so I, I was like... Yeah, yeah, it was a quiet night. I was like, I'll stick on the Olympics, just watch what's going on, see what sports. You know, I, I, they introduced BMXing that year. I'm pretty sure. So I was like, there's a whole new, whole new thing going on. Moment in history. I think it was skateboarding they introduced that year. It was one of the emo sports. <laughs> <laughs> it was a renowned, a, a resounding success for all Monster Energy drinkers, um, okay. which me and Nathan don't support because we are the official Prime podcast. Well, no. I, um, but, but anyway, anyway, um, the Olympics were completely ruined for me, and I have no interest in watching them again, and very little pride in being British. Um, when I switched on, the first thing was there are the Olympics, um, and immediately one of the old men in the pub went, "Well, I wouldn't mind her doing that with me." Oh God! And then I googled the age of the athlete in question. Oh no, no, no! And let me just say. I could tell from looking at the performance it was an inappropriate no. comment. I wasn't prepared yeah. for how inappropriate it was. Uh, grim. 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 Um, no, I, I enjoy the Olympics. I do. It's um, I don't know what it is because I hate most sports. Yeah. And, uh, apart from Ted Lasso, obviously. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> apart from football in Ted Lasso, I should yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, don't like most sports. I, I like watching the tennis every now and then. I always watch uh, Wimbledon when it comes around. Um, but yeah, for some reason, when the Olympics comes, I'm I'm fully on board. I'm like, let's go, boys. I get, mm. I get really into it. I could have gone so, to the Rio Olympics. You could have. No, not. I weren't going to be competing. No, but like you could have gone to watch. Yeah, John, um, my brother, uh, he was almost in the uh, Rio Olympics, but he had oh, a shit. child. Oh wow! Yeah, and that is not surprising. No, no he's very brother. good at Tomonagi judo rolls. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a very I'm... athletic man, and I'm very good at having rolls. <laughs> I'm very good at pizza rolls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think it might be time for our favourite segment of all time. Yes, I think you're right, Lawrence. Where's my button? Weirdo of the week! Weirdo! 
this is everyone's favorite segment of the show uh, where we take a moment to look back and reflect on some of the weird and wonderful and grubby little characters who come across our screens each and every week while we're watching this wonderful show that is Doki Who. Uh, Lawrence, who's your weirdo that you'd like to celebrate this week? I lied earlier. It's the council man. No, not Kel. <laughs> it is Kel. No. Is it yours? Why? No, he's not mine. Oh, okay, good. Uh, I, yeah, just basically for the reasons we said earlier, he's not a deviant, but he is still a little weirdo. If you knew this man in real life, he would be a weirdo. But no, he'd a great be a one. friendly little guy. Yeah, but like, you'd beat him at the pub. You'd be like, you fancy some drinks after work? You'd be like, yeah, sure. He'd get there and he'd be like, this fucking oh, this tarmac that I did is so good. He'd have pictures of it on his phone. You know, like people have had a baby and they're like, look at this picture of my baby. I've got 80 of them. Oh, God, I can't. Yeah, but he'd be I'm like dreading. that. I'm dreading the day you have a kid because, like, it's coming like a freight train. I can, I can feel it in the waters. Why? <laughs> Just because I'm recently married. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're at that age. <laughs> You're older than me. Yeah, but I'm never getting married. <laughs> I'm a bachelor for life, Lawrence. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's only a matter of time before I have to deal with. Fucking you and your wife have been like, oh, look at this, Nathan. Like, oh, yeah, that's great. And I have to lie and be like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> it's, I feel like you already, you have that now with my dog. You'll FaceTime me and I'll be like, look at my dog. And you'll be like, I don't care about this dog. <laughs> no, look, I like your dog, all right? I like Rosie. She's a lovely girl. But you, she's she's always just laid on the couch with her legs sprayed everywhere. And you're just like, look at her. And like, Lawrence, I've seen this. Yeah, it's, it's not the same on FaceTime, is it? You're like... No. I can't pet this dog. This dog can't be excited yeah. about my presence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's my weirdo of the week. Who's yours? So uh, so yours is Kel. There we go. Um, sh- I was thinking we should start keeping a track of these. Like, make a spreadsheet and... and um, update the leadership board. Yeah, update the leadership board. Like, oh, every season um, finale, we choose the biggest weirdo. And have them fight off. Yeah. Have them face off. Oh, we should we'll make do a that. Segment. Clive could batter Kel with his computer. <laughs> but but what oh. would Kel? Kel's got an axe. That's not a bad idea, you know. That is not a bad idea. I might actually think about that. Um, Starting season three. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Well, well, season two is now. Yeah, there's time. There's time. Ooh, okay. <laughs> we can compile a spreadsheet. We'll see. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Um, Your weirdo, Nathan. Yes, my weirdo. So my weirdo of the week is Chloe Weber herself. Okay. Purely for the reason that she has a secret stash of pencils uh, <laughs> located within her doll, which she just rips off the head uh, to access. I'm like, I love the idea of Chloe taking a few pencils ripping off the head of her doll and then just shoving them inside like I'll need these for later <laughs> hollowing out her barbie or whatever like, <laughs> yeah. you you seen those like those old movies where like a guy's got like a stash of things in his on his bookshelf in a book he's hollowed out the middle of <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like this is exactly where I keep my money same. or something <laughs> yeah yeah same basic principle um i just enjoy like the idea of of Chloe just having a secret stash of pencils that's very amusing to me. That is that uh, is amusing. So, I'll be honest, I'm annoyed I didn't pick that myself. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> so there we go. Those are our weirdos for this week. Stay tuned potentially for a, a weirdo face off in the coming weeks. We'll we'll see if we can make it happen. Um, 
Is that the show at one hour, one minute, and 49 seconds? I think so. I was trying to get it in under an hour this week, but it's not going to happen. Uh, well, maybe it will in the edit. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Um, all right, yeah. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, let me rattle it off. I, I'm doing these quick times in the sun. It's too hot. Um, no, no, no. Do the whole thing. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um, rate and review the podcast. Share it with your hoovie and mates. Your podcast of cho- your po- your podcast platform of choice is going to have some sort of review system. Give us five stars or whatever the top one is. Share it with your boys. Share it with the hoovie and boys and girls out there, and boost our ratings and engagement. Follow us on Twitter. We are at Still Got Legs Pod on Twitter, where we post about virtually nothing except the new episodes that come out every single Monday at 10am when you'll get a little post reminder to say that there's a new episode gone out and that you should listen to it or we will draw you and you will be in some sort of an abyss. We also have another podcast uh, which comes out every Friday at 10am, the latest episode of which is all about The Flash. Um, the greatest the flush. movie ever made. Shut up. <laughs> I was hoping you would know. <laughs> no, I know. It's, hang on a minute. <laughs> Shut up. We've got we to wrap it up. Lawrence. No, no, no if I did, you know full well if I did yeah. this. There's no time. It's all about The Flash. <laughs> um, DC's latest masterpiece. Uh, go listen to what we have to say. We loved it. Spoiler alert, we didn't. Um, go listen. It's a great time. Um, yeah, and that comes out every Friday, 10 a.m. at another Happy Pod on Twitter and wherever all good podcasts are sold. Or give it away for free, as they often are. As the Italians say, ciao bella. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon. We don't have one, but still subscribe. <laughs> Just throw money at someone in the street. It'll get to yeah. us. Give us a quid. See you later. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.